You're listening to The Devoted Podcast, where our desire is to be women devoted to God's Word. We're so glad you're here, and we pray you'll be challenged and encouraged as we look to God's Word together. Hey, gals, today on The Devoted Podcast, we are going to have another guest. You guys know that as we've been going through the Defined by Design study, I've been wanting to sort of incorporate a lot of conversations with gals that have different experiences and different walks of life. And the congruency, the thing that's always consistent for us is what the Lord calls us in his word to do and to be as women. And so you've noticed that as the podcast season has trekked along here during the Defined by Design study, we've been sort of throwing these little vignettes and little conversations in. So today I'm going to be joined by Lisa Berg, and she's going to kind of walk us through our almost talking about service, the She Serves Week that you'll be seeing in your homework, the things that we've talked about too, even in the live teaching that we have on the Athey Women YouTube channel. But what does it look like for us to be women who serve? So Lisa, first, thank you so much for coming into what we've already said is not the closet. I know, it's crazy. Lisa, are you in the closet? I'm not in the closet. Okay, so I've said this to a couple of our, oh, I've said this on the podcast a little bit, but yes, we are pulling back the curtain and I'm now in like my office that we threw some sound panels in and we've made it look a little bit more, or it's just, I'm just gonna tell you gals, it's just easier to set up, right? I'm not pulling the TV tray and everything out in order to throw everything into my closet, but I'm actually able to record here. So I know. I think some of you are like, Aim, I liked it better in the closet, but it's okay. She's in a nice chair. She's not sitting in a folding chair, you know, like we've had before. So Lisa, thank you so much for doing this. Just to get us started, why don't you tell us who you are? Tell us how long you've been an athe and, you know, just give us a little snippet of who Lisa is. Thank you for having me. I'm Lisa Berg, and I've been going to athe since 2009. And I think we were in the book of John then. That's so how almost, Athey Creekers, that's I'm how we tell, right? I'm almost through that 15 year. Woo, woo. I love that. I met my husband at Athey. His name's Paul Berg. And we've been married yesterday. We had our eight year anniversary. You so, are kidding. And Mrs. Mick Reynolds was our wedding planner. So it's just, you know. This is a very strange full circle yeah, moment. The, Paul. the places we are in now. Yes, yes. Back <laughs> in the day, I was helping with events and things like that with it weddings at Athey. And Paul, what your husband, was our amazing sound guy. Okay. But to say sound guy is really downplaying all the things that Paul did because he would introduce the couples when they would come in and he just had this like great voice for it. So he kind of was the glue to helping our flow. And that was Paul and I got to work together doing that. So I've known Paul for a long time, but I didn't get to meet you until until you and Paul started dating. So, needless to say, he did not get to do the sound for our wedding. No, but he did announce us, which was kind of hilarious. It was kind of fun. So. I did. En- <laughs> I did fun. enjoy that. That's for sure. So, okay, so you have been. You know, you just said you've celebrated your eight year, but there's some other things that have you've been very busy with. So, because I know this is big on your heart, and I really want our gals to even know a little bit about something that is a particular ministry for you. Yeah. So we also adopted a our son Dave three years ago. He's 12 now and he is a massive ball of energy and we just adore him. And um, so for the past 12 years though, I have been working off and on at a mission in Haiti that is just really near and dear to both Paul and I's heart. And it's Three Angels Haiti is what it's called. And um, right now I am currently the mission director for them. So, and you'll have to tell us a little bit more about what that looks like, but I also just kind of want to back up in your story a little bit because you and I, before we got behind the microphone, we kind of were syncing up about 
where some of the seasons of service started, what and when did it look like for you? So give us some of the backstory even that got you to where you are now. Yeah, so I was in probably my 30s when I started at Athey, and I rededicated my life to Christ then. And I really wanted to just be more involved at church. I had this hunger for the word and because the teaching there was just something I never experienced before and really just having this relationship with the Lord and what that looked like. And I don't really feel like that's ever been communicated to me through like different times I've been at church throughout my life and everything. And so the way Pastor Brett spoke the word, it just kind of brought the Bible alive and connected it in so many different ways. And I just... Just really wanted to get more involved in at Athey, and I just kind of didn't know what that looked like. And there were so many areas where, you know, Pastor Brett would talk about at the beginning, you know, where he'd say something about, you know, helping in kids ministry or helping here, helping there. And I just was like, oh, you know, I'll try kids ministry. And and you were single at that time. And I was single. Right, yeah. And what was kind of amazing, too, is because I was in my 30s, everything changed after I rededicated my life to Christ, like my outlook of family, marriage, everything. Like it was so many different views on the world that just totally were just being turned on there on its head, really. It was just amazing. And the Lord was just showing me all kind of just correcting me in so many ways. And because family was actually something that kind of was, you know, something I was finally interested in. Like it was something that really was, hey, this might be on the radar, but here I was single, you know, and it was, and I was kind of newly single too, because I had come out of a long-term relationship and before that was a failed marriage. And so it was because I got married right out of high school. So it was, you know, just a really bumpy road getting to the Lord. And Brett mentioned earlier the rubber band theology, and I don't recommend it, folks, because the snapback hurts kind of bad. So, but God is good. And I started volunteering at in kids ministry. And I remember Jen Maurice had started me in two-year-olds and they were just way too emotional for me. Like <laughs> the moms would drop them off and like five seconds later, they'd be screaming for their moms and I miss my mom. And I was kind of like, I miss them too. Like I just, I really didn't know what to do. It was so emotional. But then I got kind of put into, it sort of evolved to go into like the four-year-olds in kindergarten and whatnot. And I had just a really good time and it was fun to be a part of that. And I did that for, I'm not sure how long, but it was a long time because I think I probably did it for over 10 years because I think around COVID is when that kind of all shut down. And then we ended up adopting Dave during that time too. So our lives just kind of changed and went different directions, but it was a great time to serve. And through all of that, I had met Paul as well. And, but another massive event kind of happened that really just, not to use the a pun, but shook my world was the earthquake in 2010 that hit Haiti on January 12th. And I could not stop following it. I don't know what it was. I was single still at the time. And I just was so moved to I just was following everything. I was watching all the footage. I was reading all the articles, the books, everything regarding the country of Haiti, just kind of its history, you know, all these different things. It just was something that the Lord just really put, kind of kept putting in my um, purview. And it was just, and I didn't really know why, because I couldn't think of... Because at that time, you had not been serving in Haiti at all, no, right? No, I had okay. not been serving okay. at okay. all. Okay, so this so massive earthquake happens, and it just... The Lord really drew your attention and gave you a heart for Haiti. And it was so crazy because I hadn't really, I'd, I'd started doing some traveling around the world about that time and just tourism kind of stuff, you know. And I just 
And this Haiti kind of kept popping up and kept popping up. And at the time, I was actually, the reason I got into Haiti was, and the funny thing is just how the Lord works in these ways, but I was actually working on a movie screenplay that was set during the Haiti earthquake. And it's like, life in real life plays out because it's about a woman who adopts a child that is in, oh, no way. You know, our son is Haitian. So it is, you know, just kind of hilarious. But um, we, because... The Lord is just amazing on how he works and just, yeah. So anyway, I wanted to, for some reason, I ended up just kind of having the feeling of just like, I really need to go to Haiti if I'm going to finish this screenplay. And I had called around to a bunch of different organizations. Athey wasn't really, I think they had already gone and weren't planning on going again for a while. It just wasn't on their radar. And I just was not finding really the opportunity to do this, but the Lord was like really like putting it on me, like, yeah, like you really should go. And it was kind of, I don't know how I'm going to get there, Lord. (laughs) Like there's no opportunities here. And then all of a sudden the door opened and I was able to go and this organization contacted me and, or had responded to my request. And I had thrown everything out there because I used to do I don't really have many hobbies now, but I um, used to do as a hobby. Homeschool is my hobby now is kind of what it is. But I used to do like I would make jewelry and design jewelry and things like that. And so I was throwing everything out there of like all these things that I do because I was like, I don't know what the Lord's going to use on this. He just wants me to go to Haiti. So I don't know. And so, well, lo and behold, there was this jewelry program that this organization was putting together to kind of help, kind of help get it off the ground because it was something they were having their staff do because the earthquake had pretty much rocked their mission to where they their staff didn't have any jobs. And so they wanted to have this jewelry program going. And so I went there and I planned a two-week trip and I went down there and started just, and I brought all my supplies. I brought it. I didn't know what they were doing. They were rolling paper beads. And I was like, what does that even mean? Like, I don't even know what that means. And so I went down there and I just fell in love with the place. I fell in love with the people. The mission is absolutely amazing. I think I ended up sponsoring students like before I even left. Like I just was so amazed by just how they have a school orphanage and a clinic there. And they just, they do amazingly. They do just amazing work. And watching the Lord just kind of move through these people and just seeing just so many happy faces, you know, in this. But I think one thing that also blew my mind was this was, you know, two years after the earthquake, and a lot of the area still looked like it had just been hit by the earthquake. And so it was just kind of this, you know, just amazing place to go to. And I just fell in love with it that I actually had planned my next trip before I left. Like it was just, and I think I was, I think I'd gone in November and my next trip was going to be in March. Yeah, I just was very much ready to go. And, And I've been there over a dozen times now, but it was... I had done a two month stint there and was when I came home, I was, I remember sitting at Athey just kind of like, I just need to move. I just need to move. I need to just sell everything I have and just move there. But I knew it was just kind of like, that's a bit, you know, (laughs) that's also a bit rash, you know, to just kind of, you know, whatever. And because I did also have a career here, like I was, you know, they were just very flexible and letting me go to Haiti all the time. 
and they were very supportive and stuff like that. And it was really great. And so, but it just was this kind of like longing, like maybe that's what I need to be doing, you know, but also there's kind of this attitude sometimes that kind of happens when you get back into like the real life, you know, quote unquote of things, you know, and you're just kind of like, ugh, you know, first world problems, you know, you kind of just have this total eye roll kind of mentality about everything that goes on here. But when you're in a place like Haiti and or anywhere else like that. And so I felt like, okay, it might be that too. So just kind of cool your jets and just, you know, get back into your life of doing things and just see where the Lord takes you. Well, I met Paul (laughs) and that was, he's so great. And he, one of the things that when we were, we had dated for probably a couple of years and while we were dating, he wanted to go to Haiti. And I remember one thing being so just like this kind of fear almost hit me of like, oh Lord, what if he doesn't like Haiti? What if he comes back from Haiti and he's just like, you know, this is too dangerous. I don't really want you going anymore. And I just was like, okay, Lord, well, if you want me to not be with him anymore, I will do that. But please, please, please just have this be the guy because he really seems awesome and just like really like checking all the boxes, you know, Jamie O'Halloran talked recently and I just was like, yeah, girl, he checking all the boxes, you know, he's not perfect. But yes, he checked a lot of boxes, I have to say. And I have to say, like when we went there, like, I mean, he's not a jewelry guy, let's just say, but he is like one who... I mean, you know him, Amy, like he just, he wants to serve, he wants to help, he wants to do whatever, and he's very much in the same attitude of just, you know, Lord, use me. And he was just everywhere on that mission. Like he'd hope in this area, and he'd be over here, and he'd go over to the orphanage, and he'd go over this place, and he was just all over the place, and I'm just in my little, like, jewelry corner, you know, and he would just be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go over here and help so-and-so, and then I'm going over there, and he just was busy the whole time. He also had his next trip planned before we left. Like he was just ready to go. And so it was awesome to just see how that, how the Lord kind of moved and just sealed all of that, you know, and it was a hard two years of waiting for a proposal, but you know, it's, it's all history now, folks. And it's just great. So it's been good just kind of seeing just how the heart that the Lord has put on us of in regards to Haiti and how that has changed our lives because Haiti is in our home now, you know, right, like he's, right. you know, Dave's Dave, right there. Yeah, and Dave is all the Haiti, you know, like he's just, and so it's really, I feel like it's, you know, our, the work there has always been, you know, personal to some degree, but there's definitely a different level now of that. And um, it's been just kind of exciting to even see, I think also just Dave's heart as well for wanting to serve because he's, when he gets to a certain age, he wants to be able to, you know, help in the kids ministry at Athe and all this stuff. And he's he just, wants to serve as well. Yeah. And it's so great. And he's always kind of a big helper anyway. And it's just been good. There's so many things. I love listening to that story because it's, you know, everybody's experience is different in the ways that the Lord maybe called them to serve. And in maybe in a church, maybe in an organization like Haiti, maybe just privately in their home. But sometimes I think gals in particular can feel like if they can feel like service seems like it's got to only be in this lane, you know, maybe that it maybe they see that as it's got to only be in the context of marriage and how I serve my family and, and serve at home, or they see it as I can only serve within church, or only in different. And the thing that I love about the Lord, so many things, but in the ways that he calls us to serve is very unique. And 
it's going to be different. We've had Drew on the podcast before, and I we've shared the story in, with Moses when it's what's in your hand. What is the stick that's in your hand? And will you let the Lord use it or not? And it's so fun to hear how the Lord used yours. You were serving in kids for 10 years. Now, some people would be like, oh, I could never serve in kids for 10 years or whatever. But I wonder, and maybe you can even share too, but I bet there was moments where you're like, I don't know. You even said two years old, too much drama, right? So it's not that everything has to be your fit, but the Lord will show you. What were some of the things, maybe even some scriptures that the Lord used for you then, or even still in terms of how you serve and what that should look like? I think in a lot of areas, it was regarding scripture, I would have to say, when it came to when I would see the things that were going on in Haiti, Because I think one thing that we need to think of when we're talking about service is like, who are we going to serve? And the Bible talks about, you know, it keeps using this phrase, the least of these. And there's many areas throughout the Bible where it defines what that is. And I think Matthew 25, 40, at the end, it says there, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. In James 1, 27, he defines that as to look after orphans and widows in their distress. And I think like when I started in kids ministry, you know, I was, I think the big thing for wanting to serve is I wanted to be open to however the Lord was going to use me. And, and like I said, with going to Haiti, like I was just going to finish a screenplay and then I'd be done. Okay, got my trip to Haiti in, done, whatever. After I got back from that first trip, I never picked up the screenplay again. I didn't do anything with it. It kind of mocks me on my desk right now. Like, hey, remember me? (laughs) No, I don't. And I kind of don't. I had to kind of flip through it to like look at verses in there that I had um, put in there that kind of just were pushing me through that process too. But it was really interesting to see, you know, what that is and also to be open Because there was a time in this 12 years that I'd been working in Haiti where after we had got married, there was kind of a point where all of a sudden I wasn't working in Haiti anymore. And there was a change in the program that I was working in, and it ended up kind of not happening, not being a program anymore that they were supporting. And so... I was no longer needed. And it was kind of like, pause, but I've been working in Haiti forever. Lord, like, wait a minute, you know, and it was interesting to kind of be, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm not doing that now, even though I'm still doing kids ministry at, you know, at Athey, it was just kind of this, you know, like, oh, well, and I think it was something where kind of the Lord was like, it's service, like the missionary stuff, taking care of the babies taking care, like it's all service, you know, he doesn't have some like higher echelon, you know, that we're putting things on, you know, he has nothing like that. It's just like, I just want you to serve me and be open to what I need you to do. And that was like, oh, okay, well then that's what we're not doing. Well, then all of a sudden we were back in Haiti again a year or so later. And it was just like, you know, these opportunities just kind of kept popping up. And so it was, you know, just being ready, I think, is one of the big things is being ready to what he wants, you know, you to do, because I think also you need to have a heart to serve, you know, and when it comes down to the least of these, that doesn't mean that those are the people that you're better than, (laughs) you know, like these are just the people that have less, you know, whether that's money, you know, disabilities, you know, whatever that might be, you know, that's where he wants us to serve. And then that can be in so many different ways. People are serving 
when they don't even know they're serving, <laughs> you know, when moms are homeschooling or moms go and help out in their kids' classes or when the single is at their job or taking care of their nieces and nephews, you know, all these things, we're all serving in that regard. And I think just being ready for however the Lord wants that to look like, you know, and putting you in whatever direction that might be, that's, I think, kind of where he wants us to be at is just to be ready. I do, you know, several of the things that you've brought up have been in, you know, serving in kids and different things like that. And, you know, as we, in the context with Defined by Design and with women, we have a nurturing side of us that God just innately gave us, you know, and it's very natural for us to serve in those capacities. Now, some women will hear that and they'll be like, well, I I really don't feel that, you know, that is something wrong with me as a woman, I guess, if I don't feel called to serve in that area. And I think what you had said before that is, is who are you serving? You know, establishing who that is and that there isn't this echelon of like service must look like this, or it needs to look like, you know, it's never really going to look glamorous. And in fact, if you're looking for service so that people notice that you're serving well, then you're probably more in the Pharisee camp and that's probably something you need to get out of, right? But I guess listening to you too, I also think, and and just in the scriptures that we've already examined and others that come to mind, is service ever really optional for us? You know, because you can kind of make a choice. You can be a gal that comes to church on the weekends and you can even come on Wednesdays and you can leave just as quickly as you come and you can choose what that service looks like. Now, maybe that is in the context of serving at church. Maybe it isn't serving somewhere else, but we still get to, I guess some may feel that it's optional, but hearing your experience, it's almost like this beautiful life well lived when it's lived in service for others and not just, you know, me universe over here. And so it's a funny thing about serving. It's really, it's one of the many things in who we are as women that it's not really a got to, but it's a get to. And it's hard to miss that. I mean, you, you just can't miss that when you're listening to some of your experience on that. And we're also, I think, women in general, we're kind of doers too. You know, I love hearing you talk about the checklists and whatnot, because I'm like, girl, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you speak in my language. <laughs> you know, I got the list as we we're running through my printout of <laughs> today. You know, it was, it's, we're definitely doers. And when I went to Haiti, I wasn't working with kids. I was working with uh, many single moms, some widows, to show them different ways on designing jewelry so they could sell it and help feed their kids and put their kids in school. A lot of their kids went to school there. And so it was, you know, just a lot of that kind of, you know, just trying to create an avenue for women to survive. I guess, you know, maybe there's a nurturing aspect to that because we care for, you know, those types of women that are struggling to try to get, you know, on their feet and trying to survive. But it's definitely kind of having that doer mentality as well. But it's, and that's a choice, you know, that's a choice that we have to make. But I think the other thing that is difficult for us too is dying to yourself because yes, we make the choice to serve, but it's not about us. That's the hard thing is because I think you really have this, you know, kind of attitude sometimes with, I mean, even kind of missionary work, you know, if you want to consider that a higher echelon, whatever, you know, it's definitely, there's kind of that mentality of, you know, just, you know, like, oh, well, I can't believe they've sacrificed so much to do this, that or the other. And it's like, 
any part of service, there's sacrifice, you know, you're having to sacrifice your time, sometimes your money, you know, like whatever the case might be, a lot of your energy, you know, and it was the thing that I think we have to be careful with as people that want to serve is that, you know, yes, there's self-care that needs to be involved in there. Kind of hate that term just because it usually has to deal with working out and it's stupid. But, um, <laughs> or about all yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> working out's dumb, but whatever. You kind of have to be careful with that because it can cause burnout. And that's one thing that the Lord wants us to continue to be, to have that fervent spirit, to work wholeheartedly unto him. And if you're getting that burnout where you kind of feel like you're not really serving him anymore, you know, I think that's kind of where you need to really kind of reassess and it comes back to choice, you know, and what that looks like. Well, I think that's such a great thing you brought that up because sometimes people do feel like that, you know, that they have been serving, but somewhere along the way, just a little bit of that five degree shift where it became about, look, nobody notices how hard I'm working over here or nobody sees when I'm doing this. And even that thinking, right, you know, if you stop and think about it for five seconds, okay, it's like, oh, wow, that sounded incredibly selfish and focusing on the wrong things. So it is something to be very prayerful about. And thinking about the verse that I, you had written down that I just love, Mark 10, 45, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. I mean, what a model that Christ gives us that, you know, who if anybody had a right to be served and to be noticed and acknowledged for all of the things that he was and and is, he still proclaims himself as coming as a servant. And, and yet sometimes we can come and be in our servant mode and be like, why isn't anyone noticing my servant? And that it's a great heart check of like, oh, oh Lord, why am I doing this? Am I doing this for you? Or am I doing this, you know, for everyone else to see? You know, in lines of our motivation is if we're not careful, the purpose, we can almost think that somebody owes us something. And we actually experienced that a bit when we had tried adopting directly to Haiti. And we knew we didn't meet the requirements, you know, but the adoption agency that we were with was like, you know, write a letter telling them about all the stuff that you've been, how long you guys have been working down there and just explain all the stuff that's been going on that you've, how you've been involved. And, you know, maybe they will make an exception, you know, they just were kind of really leading into that. And we just kind of were like, all right, you know, let's throw it out there and see what happens, you know, but we kind of also had a bit of this attitude of like, Psh, we got this in the bag, you know, kind of, and it was... Because real, you felt like we've been serving we've been, so long, exactly, right? Like we've been in Haiti forever. Of course, they're going to give us a kid. Like it was just a silly, like when I say it now, I'm just like, how does that taste in your mouth, Lisa? Because it just was, it was so silly. And we really were, when we were rejected, our request was rejected. We were just like, but Lord, like you... Like we were there, like we've been there, we've been working and we had actually just got back into working in Haiti too. And then this adoption falls through that we were not even able to even like get our foot in the door to, to adopt. And I remember, and we were trying to have kids too during that time as well. And so it was just a lot of just, you know, where it just felt like, okay, we're not getting, you know, recognized here, Lord, like, come on. And the Lord just said, you know, that's not what I have for you right now. And that's not why I have you there. And so it was kind of almost like this little check on us of just like, oh, oh, okay. All right. Well, and really like his timing is perfect. And that's, and really we look back on that so many times of just like, 
man, how foolish we were. Thank God he used the foolish people because <laughs> like we were, def- we're definitely them. We were so amazed at just how he has, where his timing is perfect, you know, where, how we were able to get Dave, you know, when we totally thought like, you know, we really felt like we were supposed to have, you know, a child from Haiti in our lives. And then this rejection happens and we're just like, oh, well, I guess that's not happening. And then this other opportunity a few years later falls in our lap. And what is beautiful about that is the laws of Haiti, you are you have to be married at least five years, and one of you cannot be 50. Well, on our five-year anniversary, two months later, or I think it was like six months later, Paul would turn 50, and we actually met our son two days before that, and our son was carrying his birthday cake to him, singing happy birthday on his 50th birthday. And so it was kind of this thing where the Lord was just like, it's my timing. You can have all the laws out there all you want, but it's my timing, you know, and it was just this beautiful picture of just how the Lord is sovereign. And, you know, we may see all these barricades and all this stuff, these restrictions, you know, everything that's happening, but, you know, he is sovereign and above all of those things and bigger than anything we can even imagine. And, you know, and he is really blessed us beyond measure. And at the time, you know, if you think about if in that first process, if you had whoever the child was that you were trying to adopt, it wouldn't have been Dave. And the Lord knew, oh, no, 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 hang on. I have your son. I have the child that I want you to be the parents for. And you couldn't have known that in that moment. So I don't know. I love two things about that story. I love that. Yeah, there was a lesson for you guys in why you serve. But then there was also a lesson in the Lord's perfect timing. Just this morning, I was reading Isaiah 25.1, and I I love this. It says, O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name, for you have done wonderful things. And then it says, plans formed of old, faithful, and sure. And in the NIV, it says things planned long ago, like long, long ago, before Haiti was even an idea for you to ever serve. He knew that there was going to be a day where this little guy named Dave was going to come and be your little guy to be mom to. I mean, it truly is something that only our good and gracious God can do. And it was also something too, like I remember just as I was, I mean, shortly after I was saved and just really trying to put on the new man, you know, as they say, like, it was just, you know, really trying to like shed the old habits, you know, all those things that what you had said there made me think of, of even in Isaiah 53, sorry, 43, 18 and 19, like for forget the former things do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And it is kind of the verse that we live by now because of the work in Haiti, watching Haiti develop and not develop in so many different ways, but seeing also how he's done things new there, how he's done things new in mine and Paul's life, um, in Dave's life, you know, just seeing how he's just used or not just, I mean, he's used us, but he's also just been working through us in so many ways and just giving him the glory through all of that has just been just exciting to be a part of and I sit back and think the person that was in her 30s sitting at Athey rededicating her life, did she, like, she had no idea that she was going to have, you know, what she has today. And it's just amazing just to be, and and that's the thing is just having to be open to what 
the Lord wanted. And it was really through his word that he showed me all of that. And one thing, if there's any thing I can encourage for well, everybody that's, that is that's listening where I today. To go. That's where I wanted to go. Like, you know, I mean, this is such a great, it's such a great testimonial to how service looked in your life personally, but then also just even spiritually, the lessons that the Lord was like showing you, even the Lord's own way, how he continues to still be serving us in this amazing, just how good he is to just give such good gifts to his kids, you know, in his perfection and his timing. And he is just that Jesus is that perfect model of service. So there's all of that in there. But if you were to go back and you were sitting next to today, a sweet 30 year old or 25 year old who is single and going, I don't know, or maybe married any or someone who's older and who's widowed sometimes, you know, wherever place in life you're on there going, I don't know, what am I supposed to do? What would, how would you encourage that gal? I would really have them just try different areas of athe. I mean, there's not really a roadmap on service, you know, and sometimes where people, like, I really didn't know where I wanted to serve. I just was kind of like going through the volunteer, you know, thing at athe and just kind of going. And I feel like athe was just kind of the easiest thing for me. I wasn't plugged into a lot of other different organizations or other things where I could do something else, you know, like helping out at the YMCA or something like that. Like I didn't have any other groups, you know, that I was a part of and where other people can get plugged into different things. But at Athey, it was just safer to do, you know, because it was already my church, you know, and there wasn't really much that I could mess up there. <laughs> and so I just, you know, kind of just went through that. I was like, oh, you know, kids ministry would be kind of fun. You know, let's try that. And so it was just being, but also knowing that, okay, if that doesn't work, you know, I can definitely talk to leadership and go from there and, you know, either get counsel and what would work or, you know, be moved into a different area. Like it was just, I was just kind of open for that, but wanting to be able to do it wholeheartedly and not being just like, oh my gosh, I'm so miserable in this, you know, like I didn't want to be in that, you know, mindset. I just, but I think the Lord just kind of, you know, he meets us where we're at and he shows us where we can serve and he creates opportunities for us, you know, and I think just having that, again, that heart and just being ready for that is kind of my encouragement for people out there because it's um, definitely, it's a hard area to, I think, try to serve in if it's, you know, not through your church and you're trying to kind of find other areas and whatnot. The other thing that was in the backdrop of your life here, and you've said this several times in here, is is the word was totally changing your life. Like it was really the thing that was calling you to even like, okay, I need to do something more than sit in this chair. And there's an obedience factor to that. You know, a lot, a lot of times we can sit in that chair and we can kind of ignore the fact that we do sort of feel like a little tug to be like, you know, probably could be doing some things to help other people in whether that's in your neighborhood or your church or, but being obedient to that. Any final, like any just scriptures that you want to leave us with or anything that on this topic that you want to leave us with? I think really, whether we're single, you know, married, grandparents, you know, whatever, you know, like ultimately our goal is going to, you know, Joshua 24, 14 through 15. I mean, I love that chapter really, but like, you know, 
the Lord is speaking through Joshua and basically giving an account of what all he's done, you know, what all the Lord has done for them, you know, taking them out of Egypt, getting them through the wilderness in twice as long as he wanted to initially, but you know, whatever, that's something else. That's another podcast, but also, and then the victory in Jericho, you know, and I love what Joshua ends up saying. We actually have this in our home is now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And as the single, you know, I feel like that is, you know, kind of that may get kind of lost on the single, but it's really like the mindset you set now goes into your home. And so the, like, however your time is being spent, you know, that is going to be hard to break because it may not be time or habits or however your lifestyle is. It's not going to be something that's going to communicate when you finally get that husband, you know, that's not really going to transfer over very well. And so, but the act of service always will. It sets your heart to serve your spouse at some point. It sets your heart to be a mom. And then later on, it sets you, your heart to be the grandparent that is helping to serve, you know, the children that you're later going to be, you know, taking care of and spoiling and all that stuff, you know, that will always transfer over. I think that's kind of where my heart really is for just all like all across the board for women. I think that is a perfect way to wrap up just to reiterate that part in Joshua where you were reading, where it says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, isn't that interesting? That we could find ourselves in a spot where you're like, I just don't really feel like it. Yeah, and it's your choice. It is your choice. But that's where the Lord, if we come to him and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. He's always so good. And he always picks up those pieces and lets us serve him where we can and prepare to be stretched a little bit too. You know, two-year-olds could be stretching. Well, and it's also kind of where my heart was when Paul got to do his first trip to Haiti, where I just was kind of like, okay, Lord, if you don't want, like if Paul's not it, okay. It was a hard pill to swallow, but it was just, it's really like your relationship with the Lord is number one. And that is what you set as a single because that's got to communicate over in your marriage and your family and going forward here on out. You know, that is the road that you will have to pave. And that's like, as Jamie mentioned, you know, is the, the checkbox, you know, that is, that's going to be one of the checkboxes there is, you know, where having that heart to serve and serving the Lord above all else. Yeah, exactly. Lisa, thank you so much. It's so great to hear your perspective and your story and how the Lord has just been instructing you through his word in this. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Devoted Podcast. We are a ministry of Athey Creek Christian Fellowship in West Lynn, Oregon. For more resources, or if you need prayer or encouragement, send us an email at devotedpodcast at atheycreek.com.